the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. Let's do some headline news. Every radio station starts at the top of the hour with headline news. The only difference is, I'm going to tell you what the news means. A serious budget crunch in the nation's second largest city known as Los Angeles. It's now impacting how homicides are investigated by police. Fox News Radio's Jessica Rosenthal has more from Los Angeles. The LAPD cannot pay cash overtime in most cases anymore, so officers have to take days off once they reach a threshold. The L.A. Times says in one detective's case, he sat idle for weeks. Lieutenant Paul Vernon says strains on homicide cases will vary by division. In his division, Central, there has been one homicide this year, and it's solved. If anything is going uninvestigated, it's the older, unsolved homicides that they would otherwise be working on. Police Chief Charlie Beck notes there's been an increase in homicides this year, and the cash crunch has a serious impact on their ability to respond to them. In L.A., Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News Radio. You honestly can't pick up any major newspaper that's a national paper and not see New Jersey cutting and Florida cutting and California cutting. And when you cut all these services, it, it, it will eat into something that you care about, your real estate value. It will, because the quality of life will go down. Now, again, I'm not saying that you can go commit a murder in L.A. and get away with it. It's just telling you the budgets are hurting everywhere, everywhere. A new book out today by, no, 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 let me do over, do over. Here we go. A new book out today has Oprah fuming. Fox News Radio's Sabrina Sabah, she's got more. It's called Oprah, a biography, but it's not one the talk show queen is supporting. Author Kitty Kelly has people buying the book by the thousands thanks to her juicy information and some scathing interviews with Oprah's family members, including Vernon Winfrey, the man who raised her. He claims she no longer believes in Jesus Christ as her savior. The author says Oprah is a woman who is choked with secrets. Other allegations in the book reports that Oprah and John Tesh lived together until their relationship ended due to racial tensions. Sabrina Sabah, Fox News Radio. That's just creepy. Oprah Winfrey, the whitest woman on television, and John Tesh, the whitest man to ever play the piano. That's just a creepy love connection, right? No, I'm not going to buy this book, but I heard Gary Radnich give inaccurate data this morning. He talked about John Tesh being the first uh, boyfriend of Oprah Winfrey's, when in fact, I know the real story that it's Roger Ebert. So I laugh at Gary Gary Radnich. (laughs) Gary, I laugh at you and your, your bad knowledge. Bad knowledge, Gary. Bad knowledge. Elsewhere. Let's see. I got I to gotta scroll up to the story. Ooh, we have a Steven Seagal sighting. He might be in some legal trouble. Fox News Radio Sabrina Sabah has the story. 
The action film star is accused of trafficking women for sex, according to a lawsuit obtained by TMZ. A 23-year-old former model says she was hired by Steven Seagal as an executive assistant, but her first night on the job, she claims he sexually assaulted her and forced her to take illegal pills. The woman also says the actor kept two young female Russian attendants on staff for him to have sex with. The former assistant is suing for more than a million dollars. Seagal has not commented on the lawsuit. Sabrina Sabah. Fox News Radio. Oh, I got some good cigar for you. First and foremost, he's bloated. He's like a bloated Elvis now. Next thing is back in the late 80s and early 90s, I did some writing for Steven Seagal films where I'd get $10,000 a week to basically fix the scripts. Now, I didn't do the majority of the writing. Other people did. Um, One of my good friends was the guy that Steven Seagal would call in to fix scripts on the fly because he was such a bad actor. You had to write around him. Um, now again, back in that story, and I could just, I could hear that story again, Heidi. Honestly, we could play that story two or three more times where Steven Seagal is hiring Russian people so he can have sex with them. He's hiring assistants that she says on the first night on the job, she was propositioned with drugs and alcohol. I love this story. I want to write a movie about bloated Steven Seagal and his sex network. Like that's how good of a story this is. I miss Steven Seagal. I miss him. Please come back, Steven. Elsewhere, kids in the internet, a problem in two cities. One involves a fight that might be planned so that they can be posted on the internet. That's right. Kids in schools now are planning fights so they can videotape them and post them on the internet. And the other story is nasty online comments and rumors. Fox News Radio's Jennifer Kuiper has more. A YouTube video shows what are believed to be two Dowling Middle School students in Houston, Texas, throwing punches. School officials say they don't tolerate fighting and are investigating. Community activist Quan LX says the principal has a responsibility to the parents and community. To keep them informed and to deal with the children that's posting this stuff on YouTube. Meantime, in Evanston, Illinois, the problem is malicious comments posted on Facebook. Students say it's led to some verbal fights. You learn about it, but I never knew. Yeah, never knew going to come true. Like, it can happen. School officials say it's now a police matter. Jennifer Kuiper, Fox News Radio. Man, being a kid today is a lot different than when I was a kid. Uh, we don't have publicly, uh, the YouTube is just, it's, it's creepy. YouTube and Facebook, like, you can put a, a thing on Facebook that says, I hate Jennifer Jones. And the next day, Jennifer Jones wants to kill you. Like, it's, it's intense being a kid today. I'm kind of glad I grew up uh, pre-internet. Kind of glad I did. And finally, how you discipline your child, it could determine their behavior as they get older. Fox News Radio's Carly Poulet explains. Punishing your kids with a few spanks on the rear may come back to haunt you. According to a new study, kids who were spanked often were twice as likely to develop aggressive behaviors, such as getting into fights, destroying things, or being mean to others. Although the new study doesn't prove that spanking causes aggression by itself, there is enough evidence that experts are now strongly encouraging parents to use other techniques. House Call for Health, I'm Carly Pouillot, Fox News Radio. A little bit of background on me was that uh, my dad was a small guy. He was only like 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five, so he was only able to spank us for a very small period of time uh, before we got bigger than him. So he was a real small guy, and uh, I'm 6'2", I'm pretty mean looking, all things considered. If you ever see me, I look like a linebacker. I'm, I'm a big boy. Um, anyway, as children, we, you know, we were hit. We were spanked, and none of us really turned out all that aggressive and all that angry, but you could kind of see today that parenting's better than it was back then. As kids, we were battered. But keep in mind, I, I'm, this isn't like an Oprah moment. You know, my dad had battered me. I, I, like, I didn't mind it as long as we were never fried. Tom and Ronan Park. Tom. How you doing, Rob? I'm okay at best. 
Um, well, I wanted to call and talk to you about this uh, this iTunes comic book thing. Um, you know, they say it's to increase the audience of comic books, but okay. I mean, they're adding a license that says that it's illegal to trade comics back and forth now. And there was a time when, at least when I was a kid, the thing that did increase the audience of comic books was trading them with your friends. You know, and, and you know, like I would trade five Spider-Man comics to my buddy for a bunch of Superman comics, and that was just the way that we exchanged comics. And now you want to, you know, they want to add it to the iTunes store, which is already more bloated and slow than Steven Seagal. Good content. What comics did you used to read? Uh, mostly Superman and Spider-Man and X-Men. Okay, did you save any of them? Oh, yeah. You know, I got one. I got. Uh, I saved one called Star Blazers. Uh huh. And it actually they turned it into a cartoon. It was a Japanese. They they sent a battleship into space to save the human race. We must that be sounds pretty good. Yeah, it was actually pretty good. Um, I, I don't remember much more about the story, but I actually remember the song from the from the the cartoon. Like, we must be strong and brave. Our home, we've got to save. It's weird how you and I, or how boys bond over comics and cartoons, isn't it? It's bizarre, it, but it's, you know, it's part of human nature, I guess. You could probably recite some of the stories from Superman. <laughs> I could probably recite, especially the, the uh, issue where Superman died. Yeah. I could, I could probably recite that one. 21st century, it's going to be tough, Tom, because I used to have a book. Like, I'd get, I'd get a book, I'd read it, and I'd say, Heidi, this is the greatest book I've ever read. She would read it, and she would hand it around. So it's not just the comic books that aren't being handed around anymore. It's books as well. So electronic media... And even CDs and albums. I, I remember borrowing albums from friends and listening to new music and getting experience that way. And, and now it's just not that easy. Right. So thanks for the call, Tom. No problem. 21st century problems. Getting getting your ass whooped in school and it posted on YouTube, as well as not being able to hand around YouTube or comic books. This is a problem. Our society is in decline. It is the Roman Empire. It is obviously that we are now being ruled by Caligula. 800-345-5639. Let the orgies begin. 800-345-5639. And if anyone ever saw the movie Caligula, it still upsets me to this day. It's Rob Black Show, 800-345-5639. Coming up, your chance to win a 21-inch Samsung flat panel monitor. Go get online right now. Talk910.com. Talk910.com. Geeks on call. I'm going to give out a word in just four minutes for your chance to win a 21-inch Samsung monitor. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1 800 345 5639. Contest time. Are you ready? Um, here's the details. Again, we're doing the contest this week. Today, we're giving away one chance to win a 21 inch Samsung flat paddle monitor from Geeks on Call. At the end of the week, we're going to collect the winners of day one, two, three, and four. And those four people are going to battle it out. Just so you could be the first to call in at 11.15. Listeners must go to my webpage right now at talk910.com and enter the secret word. Here is the secret word. Build up. Wait for it. Wait for it. Savings. Savings. The secret word is savings. So now on Friday, we're going to post the winner from each day. This is where the contest gets kind of weird. So someone's going to be a winner today, but you're not going to win the monitor. 
You're just going to win the right to win the monitor. So on Friday, we're going to post the four winners. So not only do you have to listen today, but you got to listen on Friday. And you got to get online on Friday. So you got to make sure you have a computer connection on Friday. So listeners will need to go to the website to find out who the winners are. And we're only going to tell you on Friday, these four winners will have to call into the show on Friday to win. When I say at 11.15, call the show. So there you go. I think it's the world's most confusing contest. It is what it is. Uh, It's my chance to give you something worth some monetary value. Let's do some business time. Oh, yeah. It's business time. It's business time. It's business. It's business time. That's what you're trying to say. You're trying to say, let's get down to business. It's business time. Studio one day. Sing that for me. Just for me, because I'm so vain, I think that someone would actually do that. Uh, Today's big business story. I think the FDIC, I think this hits a lot of you, how shall we call gray hairs? People over 45 who've got more gray than colored hair because you start to lose your youth. Uh, The FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, said that they're going to extend for at least six months the program of offering unlimited deposit insurance for business accounts. Now, the program was set to expire June 30th, and the extension is expected to be for at least six months. The vote is a sign that the government not quite ready to withdraw all the temporary measures that it set up during the financial crisis to set up the banking system. It also reflects ongoing concern about the state of hundreds of community banks, many of which are weighed down by bad loans and are struggling to raise capital. I believe that most investors right now should have some exposure to large banks And if you're good at figuring out commercial loans on a balance sheet, I think the small banks offer a home run potential. But I don't know if you're good at it or not. So I can't really tell you to go out and buy a lot of small banks. I'd say buying a small bank or a regional bank mutual fund makes a lot of sense right now. I'm telling you, ladies and gents, you want to make some do-re-mi, you want to beat the markets? It's the financial system that you're doing in right now. Banks are doing everything they can to lower their risk profile. And by lowering their risk profile... What they're ultimately doing, let's see if I can figure this out. By lowering their risk profile, what they're ultimately doing is opening up their valuation to go a lot higher. You want to buy banks while they're cutting their risk. When they grow their risk, that's when you want to start scaling back. That's what Rob Black's doing. Elsewhere, global oil demand. This is a big business story today. It's going to hit a record high this year. According to the IEA, now that's the International Energy Association, they've revised up consumption estimates as the world economy recovers from recession. Now, the Paris-based advisor to industrialized economies, they raised their forecast for world oil demand by about 1.67 million barrels per day, up to 100,000 barrels per day on top of that. Now, again, you're going, Rob, this means nothing to me. You're talking gibberish numbers. That's true. We went through 84.9 million barrels in 2009. This year, it looks like 86.6 million. What's this mean to you? It means that you should own oil stocks. Two years ago when the dollar was caving, I told you to own British Petroleum. I told you to own Total. I told you to own um, Petrobras. Oil companies that don't do business in dollars because the dollar is getting weaker. Now that the dollar got stronger, I told you about three months ago, switch to the Exxons and the Chevrons. Now, it's up to you which direction you go. You can go with an oil services fund. You can go a lot of directions here. But we're consuming record amounts of oil. And if if that doesn't make any sense to you, like why you want to be in that sector, God help you. I mean, you are that type of uh, mentally slow. 
Now, again, what company pays the highest tax rate in the United States? Exxon. So there are some, you know, challenges to what I say. There are, you know, there's no doubt about it. But again, when I see numbers like that, I say, let's own oil. Elsewhere in the world of business, and I forgot how long this segment is. How long is this segment? Does it goes to 27? This is a long segment. My minutes are grinding by slow today. Chief Executive Howard Schultz. Okay, I say Chief Executive Howard Schultz. You say Starbucks. Now, one thing that this company did terribly, terribly wrong was that they overexpanded to the point that every corner had a Starbucks. Every Safeway had a Starbucks. Like You couldn't go anywhere without seeing a Starbucks. So they overexpanded in the United States. They oversaturated the market. Then the economy kind of dried up, and people saw Starbucks as an item they could live without. McDonald's took huge advantage of it. So CEO Howard Schultz, he changed things, and the company's on back on the right track. Now, today he's out there, and I don't know if I feel how I feel about this story yet. He's saying that China is set to usurp Japan as the second biggest market for coffee for Starbucks. So they're a coffee titan. Think about that for a second. A coffee titan. If you could invest in titans, you can do pretty well. You can invest in an oil titan or a semiconductor titan, and you hold it for a long period of time. You'll do pretty well. He plans to open thousands of stores in China over, over time. And Mr. Schultz also said the Seattle-based chain was eager to crack into the potentially lucrative Indian and Vietnamese markets where it doesn't yet have a presence. Now, India is a tea-drinking nation. Will they be a coffee-drinking nation? Can they change Starbucks? Can Starbucks be what they are to coffee in America, tea in India? Now, Asia clearly represents the most significant growth opportunity on a go-forward basis. So says Mr. Schultz. India and Vietnam are two markets we'd like to get into. He says, we're still at the embryonic stages of, of what Asia will be for the company. Over time, there'll be thousands of stores in China. The foundation we've built in the past 10 years will serve us well. It's a complicated market. Now, ah. Uh, Schultz is a smart guy, and he's basically trying to say, we want to serve coffee as they make more money. They'll have disposable income, and they'll say, I want that Starbucks brand. I want that Starbucks coffee or tea. So he, he's positioning it. But what he's also telling us, China and India and Vietnam are growing. And duh, you have to have exposure to growth in your portfolio. United States, we're pretty, we're pretty darn saturated as far as an economy goes, as far as, as consumers go. We're saturated. You know, 20 years ago, we had a savings rate of 10% in this nation. Now we have a savings rate of 3% or less. We're pretty darn saturated, all things considered. So you're going to have to look outside the United States, and I hate that. My dad's rolling over in his grave right now. My dad is just a bunch of skeletal bones and dust and, and, and maggots at this point in time. And what's left of him is rolling over in his coffin because his son's saying growth is outside the United States. Now, I love the capitalism in the United States, but right now we're not really a capitalist nation. We're kind of a socialist nation with all our government spending. So we'll get back to capitalism. Rob Black will, will wave the red, white, and blue and the, the stars and stripes forever. Da, 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 da. No doubt about it. But right now the growth is elsewhere and where I want you to put your money is elsewhere. Not all of it. More than the past, though. More than in the past. To get your calls in the air, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. What do you think about my, my business time stories? Am I, in, in, am I teaching you something on oil and coffee, on India, on China, on Vietnam, on the FDIC? Basically, they're not ready to get to throw us in the deep end yet. That's what they're telling us. And on, on top of that, I think small banks, select small banks are home runs. They're Mark McGuire jacked up on steroids out of the park home runs. I think the large banks, I think they're solid players. 
I think they're very solid players in an economy that's not exactly solid. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm saying it out on air. One last business time story for you. And I think this is um, interesting because it shows you how Wall Street works. We have an index called the VIX on Wall Street. And ultimately, it, it measures fear. It measures volatility. Now, inevitably, it'll show you when things get crazy greedy and crazy fearful. Major market indices have rallied between 70 and 100% in the last year. A lot of money's on the table right now that's waiting to come back in. I'd say be cautious with it. We're moving into the second period, uh, second quarter earnings. I think qu- stock market still has a way to go. There's no doubt about it. But we're up 80% in 12 months. If we get those kind of results every 12 months, we all own islands. And then suddenly no one lives in America and we move back here later in life. But you get the idea. We're due for a correction. We're due for a give back period. Right now, no one's worried. And when no one's worried, that's when you should worry. And when everyone's worried, that's when you shouldn't worry. So this index works in opposite, but it's measuring common people. And smart people see the opposite. It's a contrarian indicator. Right now, no one's worried. People throwing money at Wall Street. And that's what I worry the most. Just FYI. It's Warren Buffet. And by the way, we're going to have Buffett on the show. That's right. Buffett on black. Coming up in about a week or two, I believe. I think uh, the scheduling is going to have to be tightened up, but Buffett on black. No, I'm excited too. Anyway, um, Buffett, Warren Buffett once said, be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. If you could learn that mantra, you make a lot of do re me. To get your calls in there, it's 800-345-5639. It's 800 800- Three four five five six three nine to get your calls on the air. Coming up, I got some stock picks for you. I know you're saying business time and stock picks. I'm in heaven. Yep, stock picks coming up. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the Rob Black Show. Nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Oh yeah, it's business time. It's business time. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639. 800-345-5639. I'm lonely for your phone calls. I'm so lonely. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. What did I promise I was going to do here? I think I promised something. Oh, stock tips. Stock tips. Um, let me let me. I want to squeeze out one more business story, but it's a bonus business story, but I'll I'll get to the stock tips. I promise. So Netflix signed a deal yesterday with Fox and I love Netflix for the record. I love Netflix. That's the greatest service that mankind has ever seen. Okay. Maybe not the greatest service that mankind has ever seen, but it's almost as good as the polio vaccination in my book. So Netflix signed a deal with Fox and universal about DVD distribution. And what they're basically starting to figure out is, you know how Redbox is owned by Coinstar? Great investment idea. And you can go get, like, I wanted to see the movie Blindside because it's that time of month for me and I'm menstruating. Um, so I want to go see the Blindside. So I, I went last night to CVS and I got it Blindside for a dollar. But oh, no, 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 it's not out yet. It's on my pay-per-view, but why is it not out in the Redbox? Oh, it's killing me. 
Well, see, Redbox and Netflix now, they've got to wait 28 days before it's released on, after it's released on DVD. So the, the studios are starting to figure this out. Like, we, we will grant you the cheap distribution. We will give you extra copies, Netflix. We will give you extra copies, Coinstar. But you got to do us a favor and don't put any of our movies in your, in your boxes. Don't send them out in the mail for at least 27, 28 days. So that we can actually try to sell some DVDs and sell some premium priced pay-per-view. You ever wonder why menstruating is called menstruating, not womanstrating? I stop and ask myself that question once a month. Anyway, so that's, I think, a big business story. And again, it teaches you uh, Netflix will get reduced um, DVD costs. They'll get greater stock levels. They'll get additional streaming content of more movies and more TV shows, again, which I love. On the flip side, they got to wait 28 days to get the product that you want to see when you want to see it. There you go. Okay, uh, let's do a stock idea. A stock idea. And they come in many forms and in st- sizes. And I don't necessarily want you to buy these stocks, but I want you to learn why I'm looking at them. Because the more you learn, well, like they say on NBC, the more you learn. The more you learn, the more you know. And you get the basic idea. Um, a stock idea, a stock that has always been easy to explain because you can use really fun names with it and people will go, isn't that, I think I know this, the Electroglide. What's the Electroglide? The Fat Boy, the Sportster. Now those are all names that sound like vibrators, but they're not. They do vibrate. They actually roar. They're motorcycles. Harley-Davidson, oddly enough, names their motorcycles in sexual terms. The more you know is the more you know. So, like, you can't tell me the fat boy isn't an obvious something for something, right? So, put your A on some class. That's the big, I guess I could say the word ass. Put your ass on some class. That's Harley-Davidson's tagline. Now, it's not official, but it's their tagline. Harley Davidson sells t-shirts. They sell motorcycles. Nation's number one seller of heavyweight cruisers. Companies offers over 30 models of touring and custom Harleys. Now, again, the Electric Glide. Again, I swear that sounds like vibrator. The Sportster and the Fat Boy. The company also makes motorcycles under some different nameplates. They were part of the whole Reagan saving the economy going to their factory a couple years ago. So everyone knows Harley Davidson, right? And they've got the best ticker symbol in the world. Named after my last girlfriend, Hog, H-O-G. So um, it's a ticker symbol that you kind of know. You know that we've been in a recession for the last couple of years, right? You know that we've had problems in our economy for the last couple of years. So you can take a look at the stock and see how they handle a tough economy. You know that we're coming out of a tough economy. It's not going to be glory, glory, hallelujah, but it's, gonna, it's not going to be gloom and doom either. You kind of get to know that. So this is a $32 stock. And there's an analyst today that basically teaches us something. One of the ways that you can decide on when to buy a Harley stock, not a Harley motorcycle, is when you look at used new price gaps. And right now it's narrowing with stable, improving used trends. So it's cheaper almost to buy new than to buy used. Now, March improved retail, cadence, positive entering in the key March through August period. So this is an important time for Harley because it's springtime and summertime. When do you want to buy a motorcycle? Not during the winter. Not during the fall. 
This is their time. The current supply-demand gap is improving. You've got some decoupling of Harley and competitor used bike price trends, where during the recession, a lot of people were selling their bikes, raising money. Hey, a motorcycle is not a must-have necessity. Now, again, as I get older, I'm going to want one because my hoo-ha doesn't work like it used to, so I'll want to replace that masculine image with 800 horsepower between my legs. Roar, it roars. It makes a man feel like a man. So positively skewed profit profile as far as profitability, as far as earnings, as far as downsizing, that's behind them. So improving trends should help Harley-Davidson. Do you see where I'm coming at with this? Did, did, I, did you learn anything here? Did anything make sense of what I tried to teach about Harley? I think it's 35, 36, 37, $38 stock into an improving summertime profile. Then I would get the hell out. I would rent the stock. I would not own the stock. It's not one that I want to own till the day I die. I see no need for that. None whatsoever. I don't think it's the kind of company that does enough stock buyback and it doesn't have a big enough dividend to really excite me. If I'm going to own a stock till the day I die, I want a dividend and I want stock buybacks. Otherwise, I'm renting that puppy. Again, I own shares of Apple. I plan to sell all my shares of Apple at $1,000 per share. It's at 240 right now. I see a lot of upside, but I don't see any dividend or stock buyback, so I ain't going to own it the day I die. I see a lot of upside, but I ain't going to own it the day I die. One more segment that I'll hit real quick for you because I'm doing a, a stock segment like I told you I would is, is the um, casinos. And as a group today, they're moving higher. And I don't know why, but one thing that I watch is, is particular groups. Las Vegas Sands up 1.8% today, ticker symbol LVS. MGM Mirage up 2.3%. Wynn Resorts up 0.8%. So Penn National Gaming and Pinnacle all doing well. So I don't quite understand why it's going up. I'm seeing the group go up. I don't see any major analyst calls. But I study these things. And as someone who goes to Vegas on occasion, someone who plays single-hand blackjack only, I play no other games. I'll play two-deck two, two blackjack if I'm drinking. But typically, I like one-deck blackjack only. It's the slowest form of blackjack. And it's the best odds in blackjack. And I play the odds. I'm a smart man. I'm an odds man. So I see a lot of people losing money. Have you ever wondered about the false advertising? Like casinos always show you the people that make money. Like, hey, I made money. That's such false advertising because 99 other people lost money. It's, it's, it's kind of messed up that they can get away with that advertising. So Las Vegas and MGM Mirage, Wynn Resorts, I consider them investable ideas. I do. I do. House always wins, right? 800-345-5639. Each call in there. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Coming up. What do I got coming up? Oh, I got some tech talk. I got some good tech talk on Apple and Twitter for you today. 800-345-5639. And the worst made cars on the road. I'll tell you who they are. Listening to the Rob Black Show on 9:10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Call Rob now at 1-800-345-5639.
Big business story out there today. Jurors found that the Boy Scouts of America were negligent, and they awarded $1.4 million to a former Portland man who was abused sexually by an assistant scoutmaster in the early 1980s. Following a three-week trial in which secret scout perversion files were used as evidence. Good God, I was a Boy Scout, and I was raised Catholic until I was about eight years old, and no one ever molested me. I'm now starting to to worry that, like, I must have been an ugly... Like, no teachers in high school molested me? Like, what was wrong with me? Was I sexually, like, did I have, like, was I just an amoeba? No one loved me. Got a Mike in Burlingame. Mike. Bob, how are you today? I'm okay. Thanks for asking. Good. Um, I would appreciate your opinion as uh, you'd be much more knowledgeable than I, but uh, a company like Citicorp, where there's 28 billion shares out there and part government ownership and supposedly selling that off, I was just wondering what your take might be for the next year or two in, in, on that stock. Yeah, I'm really not a year kind of guy because that's crystal ball kind of territory. And anything can happen. But, yeah, the government has said we're going to sell our Citigroup share, and that will be a lot of money. And, again, that's one of the reasons I didn't like the stock during the early parts of the banking crisis. When I was telling you to go buy Goldman Sachs, I was saying avoid Citigroup. But when the government started to announce and Citigroup, when Citigroup ultimately repaid the money owed, now, again, not the shares that the government owes, but when Citigroup repaid, I'm like, get on, buy it now. And if you did, you've made about 40 50% on your money. There's going to be a lot of selling in the shares, and it's going to hurt the share price. It's going to retard the share price. The word retarded does not really mean children who are uh, mentally not there or mentally is developed. The word retarded means it slows the growth of. So mentally retarded means your growth was slowed mentally. Uh, flame retarded means flame won't eat it up so fast. It'll, be, it'll slow the flames. I think uh, share price retarded is what you'll see because of a lot of this, this, it, the, the sellers of the United States government selling. So it, the ticket's equal. Basically, when the government sells 40% of the company, it's sell, 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 And then Rob Black says, I'll buy. Sell, 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 sell. And then Mike says, I'll buy. So it's too many sellers. So it will retard the price. I think Citigroup is a company that you want to own over the next 10 years. And I think you'll be rewarded if you do that. Short term, my crystal ball is a little on the murky side. So I can't really say with a lot of definitiveness. I appreciate it, and I was also an ugly duckling not being molested as a uh, child, but $1.4 million financial trophy 20 years later, is that just kind of what he figured his retirement was going to be, or how do they reward those things? I don't know, and I'm not even going to touch that with 10-foot pole because hopefully the guy doesn't kill people because of his molestation. Um, let's go to Brad in San Rafael. Brad? Hello. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Good. Um, I really enjoy your show, and I'm learning quite a bit. God, I'm I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> But I have questions. When I look up a stock and compare it to other stocks, there's four or five terms like P.E. and the dividend and the beta and the alpha and things like that. I was wondering if you could sort of, you know, in your spare time, write this down in a piece of paper, what the relationships of the P.E., a high-low means, and a high dividend and a low dividend. Yeah, it doesn't mean – I wish I could, Brad – there's a good website called Investopedia that you can go and punch in these things, kind of get a basic idea. Oh, good. I wish that I could go out on air, Brad, and say, and it's called Investopedia.com. Um, I wish that I could say a PE of 12 is a buy. But a PE of 12 on an insurance company who grows very, very slowly is high, whereas a PE of 12 on Apple who grows very, very fast is low. So it doesn't really, there's no definitive, or like a steel company. Steel used to be incredibly boring, and I wouldn't pay 10 times earnings if you shot me. 
But then China came along and China wants steel. Elvis wants boats. China wants steel. So it became kind of a sexy again. So I would pay 10 times for a steel company. So there's no definitives. There's really not in some sectors like retail are a little bit more established. You could say historically it's traded between 15 and 25. And if it's currently at 15, it looks like a valuation, a value play, because it typically doesn't get cheaper than that. If it's at 25, it's it's on the high end of, of uh, the P.E. and it typically doesn't get above that. So I probably don't avoid uh, holding that company. But there's some tricks and tips and I try to impart them. But. I, I don't do a lecture series of one after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other, after the other. Maybe down the road I'll do that on YouTube or iTunes or something. But I think that would in, it, that would turn off more people than turn on. Speaking of turn ons, let's go, Dave in Pleasanton. Hey Rob, how you doing? First time caller. Very excited to be talking to you. Thanks for calling, Dave. I'm, you shouldn't be excited because I'm just like you. <laughs> I put on my jeans one leg at a time. My jeans just happened to cost $800. Attaboy. Attaboy. <laughs> uh, my question has to do with I've had about five years of uh, income, really, really good income. Uh, been able to build up probably about almost now a year's worth of cash. I'm in a 100% commission job, so you know you, you, you kind of have to be a little bit stronger than that Absolutely. month worth of earnings. Um, yeah, and it's... You know, things have been going well, and I'm at a position now, and I, I call it, I guess, a happy problem, but I'm looking to find a financial advisor that could help me carve out some of that in some conservative investments, uh, kind of double-check my investment portfolio to make sure I'm diversified the way I should be, I kind of a fee-based guy that walks in and does it. The problem I have is that without knowing somebody or getting a, a good referral, how do you find somebody that? You know, you could possibly trust to do something like this. And do you have any recommendations, either off air or, you know, yeah, on, I, on how to attach this? I think the trust issue is big, and some of that's going to have to come with your gut. But there's some other ways of finding out some of the trust issues. There's a good website called sec.gov and and nasd.com, and that's the National Association Security Dealers.com or the Securities and Exchange Commission.gov. And you could actually plug in like my name to see if I was ever sued. Uh, you could plug in my name to see if I ever had to go to arbitration. You could plug in my name uh, to see if I have a felony, um, because people in the industry ha- are considered fiduciaries, and we have to disclose these things. Um, for instance, there's a guy named Damon Vickers that if you punch in his name, there was a couple ten years ago, and I'm not picking on him, but there was a situation where he got mad at a bum in New York and had a baseball bat with him, and the bum wanted to wash his windows, and he didn't want his windows washed, and that brought up some questions um, on his moral character. So you can check these kind of things. Um, there's no doubt about that. But how, how much are you worth, Dave? Uh, well, I've got about 500000 in retirement. Okay. Um, I've got uh, about $120,000 in cash. Okay. And then I've got, you know, I mean, asset-wise, I'm probably about a million or so. Um, how old are you? 43. Congratulations. You've done great saving assets. Do you have anything that's going to be a big drain on your assets, like a special needs kid or do you have like nine children going to college? No, no. I'm trying to hold that off. They're, they're, they're little ones now. So, uh, and I'm doing the 529 certainly for Good. them. Um, but you yeah. know, you, you look at your portfolio and you think, boy, with a, with that amount of money sitting in cash, kind of earning it, you know, 1% interest, um, rate, you know, you're slowly losing. And yeah. I just, 
I know, you know, there's a lot of talk about short-term bonds, long-term bonds. I mean, I do. Never go with a long, yeah, never go with a long-term bond. The difference between a short-term bond and a long-term bond ain't worth tying up yourself up for long-term. Exactly. And, and, you know, some, there's, there's, you know, talk about, well, interest rates are coming up. So you read enough, you you read enough to be dangerous, but I, I know enough now making mistakes in the past and investing and, uh, on small amounts, Dave. I, I kind of yeah, Dave. <laughs> let, let me calm you down a little bit. You're worth enough money. Do you have a wife or a spouse? Yes. Yeah. I think in your, in my opinion, and this is just me telling you, you've hit the platform where you need to hire a financial planner and turn it over because now the mistakes are big. Uh, whereas right. ten years ago you didn't have that much money, and twenty years ago you had nothing. You've hit right. the point where you want to hire someone for sure. Um, right. In large part because you make a, a tax mistake and it's. It's a thirty thousand dollar mistake. Um, you make a funding college mistake, and it's a thirty thousand dollar mistake. So you you want to hire someone. There's a good website called cfp.com. Cfp.com. Okay. I think, in my opinion, ten years ago, I was working as an investment advisor, and I saw the industry switching. I saw the industry moving towards financial planners and less towards investment advisors. I was able to get you eighty ninety percent in the nineties. I was able to hit home runs for clients. Um, I was able to beat the market. But I found that th- I was talking like with people like Dave and Pleasanton and Dave had kids and I was like, I don't really know about 529 plans and I don't really know about tax efficiencies in estates and wills and living wills and trusts. And so that's it moved towards a financial planner angle. And like if I had a kid today or if you were, you were like quitting your job, I'd say be a financial planner because I don't think that goes away in any way, shape or form. Investment advice is a commodity. I mean, right. you can get market returns by investing in the market. So I think the financial planner relationship's big. Dave, if you want to send me an email, I'll send you an idea or two on different financial planners. Um, I think you want a financial planner that gets to know you. I don't think you want fee-only because fee-only typically means they're not good enough to have a a, a relationship with you. And uh, thanks for the call. Fee-only typically implies they'll work for $4,000, Dave. They'll meet with you and they'll give you a 300-page th- document on Here's a good financial plan. And that, that may be what you want. Um, I tend to want the one investment. I want the financial planner who's going to work with you on a continual basis. Get to know your kids. Send you Christmas cards. You send him Christmas cards. Um, you kind of get to know each other on, on a relationship. I like the CFP relationship business model at your wealth. If, say, you're 55 and you've got 200000 I say fee only. Um, because you really don't have enough to be managed and you have enough to be managed. So drop me an email, Rob at robblack.com, Rob at robblack.com. Dave, I'd also talk with your friends, find out who they have liked in the past. I would only work with a CFP. I would not work with an insurance agent. I would not work with a stockbroker. I would only work with a CFP. Let's go to Dave in Sonoma. Dave. Hi, how's it going, Rob? It's going well. Good. Uh, dude, I was so bummed out. I didn't get to see you at the pub on your one-year anniversary. I'm gonna do oh, well. I'm gonna do a 14-month anniversary. I think in Oakland at um, what's the name of that pier? Oh, Jack London. Oh, at Jack London. So I'm gonna do a 14-month birthday party if Excellent. I make it 14 months. I don't even know if I'm gonna make it 14 months. <laughs> Try not to do it on a Thursday, then I can go out. I think it's gonna be a Tuesday. Oh, perfect. I want to do I want to do it on a night where no one's at the bar. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, but listen, it, man. Uh, I just did my taxes, and I saw how much I made last year, and I was kind of bummed out because I only got, like, two grand in my savings. And uh, I made all the mistakes that you said not to make. Like, I got the iPhone. I don't have a 401K. I got the dog that eats $50 bags of food every two weeks. And uh, I got a new car that 
I'm just spending all my money, and I'm not saving very much, and I want to be able to retire when I get older. And I really just have no idea what to do, what direction to head in, and yeah. I don't know if I feel comfortable doing it. Dave, like, Dave, Dave, I got 30 like seconds. That? I got 30 seconds. So the okay. best thing I could say is drop me an email, robertrobblack.com, and say new investor. I'll send you some ideas. robertrobblack.com, say new investor. But the book, The New Rules About Money by Rick Edelman, is a great book. It's uh, The New Rules About Money. You want to make savings automatic. So before you buy that expensive dog food, you've already saved. you got to make that savings come first, not last. It's Rob Black Show. Be back tomorrow giving away another opportunity on that monitor. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.